0: You are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengeman. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market-rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series on Monday nights at 7 p.m., held via Zoom webinar. For more information about these events, you can check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week is a bit different. We have no guest, but our program director Angie Williamson and I will be giving a behind the scenes look at the Jumpstart loan application process and give you our best practices to make things quick and easy with your loan approval. I hope you enjoy the conversation and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com slash media.
1: Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about tonight's conversation. Um, there's gonna be a lot of information that might be familiar to you guys, but a lot of new stuff too. Um, so yeah, I'm Angie Williamson. I'm the director of Jumpstart Germantown and Jumpstart Philly for anyone who might be new and just tuning in for the first time. Uh, we thank you for joining us another Monday evening. It's so great uh, that folks are coming and showing up every Monday to learn more and broaden their, their real estate horizons. And we're glad that we're able to find so many great speakers to to do that uh, every week. And just want to say, if you are interested in becoming a speaker for one of these and, and having a conversation with Derek, um, you know, shoot us an email or put something in the, the Q&A or uh, you know, let us know. We would love to, to have you share your expertise um, that might help other other folks who are new or even experienced real estate developers. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing this for about five years now. And I absolutely love my job. I love working with all of you guys. The Jumpstart community is just an amazing group of folks um, who are taking risks to improve their communities. And I find it extremely inspiring. Um, and it's really great to be able to work behind the scenes to help you guys do that. So I'm excited tonight for Derek and I to try to give you some sort of tips and checklist to really help you do that even better and, and, and more, um, more quickly and, and uh, get things, Done faster on the JumpStart
0: uh, loan side of things. So. Yeah, and, and even though this is a, a different type of jump in our, we're definitely going to still cover the question and answer um, side of things. So there's the Q and A tab on Zoom, so it's on your Zoom toolbar. So anytime throughout tonight, just you can throw a question in there. Um, I, I don't think we'll save them to the end uh, since it's just Andy and I, Angie and I. We're not uh, like <laughs> like hosting a guest or anything. We we can take pauses and such. Um, so I, I'll keep an eye out on the Q and A tab if you want to submit questions there um and i think we're good to get started but uh, just some uh background on myself since angie said she's been doing this for five years i think i've been doing it for a year and a couple months i think um i, I uh, started a year and a half ago as a, as a drexel co-op um this was my second out of three co-ops um as a student at drexel and now i, or I stayed part-time between my second and third one and now i'm doing my third co-op here um, so it, it just kind of feels like my job now, and that and that's great. Um, I really love it, um, and and I resonate with all the things Angie said. Uh, it's a great community, and uh, and a really 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 impactful organization to work for. So, it, uh, I might just be a co-op, but I, I feel like I, I've gotten the hang of, of the loan application process, and I've I've been learning along with all of you um, because a year and a half ago I knew squat about real estate, <laughs> um, but then I I was thrust into the, these Monday night sessions where I have. Um, like an hour long conversation about uh, every topic you can imagine. So I've I've learned a lot and and just you know when when I'm conversing with you, think of it from that perspective. Like I'm trying to help you just as much as I'm trying to help myself understand it. Um, and I think Angie, Angie agrees the same way because neither of us are real estate developers.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I think yeah. It didn't say that, but it's it's something I usually lead with is that I. Uh, I am very risk averse when it comes to, to uh, real estate. So I'm super excited to be on on this side of things and helping others make those dreams come true. Um, but I'm not a developer myself. Uh, my background's actually in planning and economic development. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with everything Derek says. And just a co-op, don't, yeah, I, I don't say that. You're more than a co-op for sure. So <laughs> he's an instrumental part of the team. Uh, so I think going to start off with just sort of a quick overview of our loan program for anyone who might be new. I won't spend a lot of time on this because there's all the information on our website. But um, for anyone who doesn't know, the Jumpstart Philly and Jumpstart Germantown loan program offers financing for projects that are buy and uh, renovate. So anything that you find in our lending area, you want to purchase the property, renovate it, and either sell it or rent it out to tenants after that renovation, we might be able to help you. Um, it's residential property primarily. We have done a few mixed use properties, but it's it's few and far between. And we definitely scrutinize those applications a lot more just because they're more complex. So we're, we're looking primarily at residential stuff. Um, Short term financing. Our loan is only 12 months. So it's a get in and get out. And then you either refinance to pay us off or you're going to sell that property and pay us off. Um, Also, if you are doing a buy and sell, we don't do credit checks because you pay us off with the proceeds from the sale. If you are gonna be refinancing, then we do look at credit because we need to make sure that you're going to be able to refinance with a traditional lender uh, or lender of your choice at the end of our loan term. We unfortunately don't have uh, funds for permanent or or mini perm loans. So we can't do the right refinance ourselves. So you will have to find a, a different lender for that refinance. And our loans are typically um, 85% LTC. It's going to be a lot of alphabet soup. So LTC is loan to cost. And basically you're going to add up how much you're paying for the property, how much you're spending on the construction. And then we do a loan for 85% of that. And then you would bring 15% to the table. Also, um, a lot of folks who are new don't realize that we don't upfront the construction costs. So you're not gonna walk away from closing with a check to do the construction. You're gonna need funds to get that work started and then we do a draw process. So that's how we will distri- distribute those um, construction funds.
0: So, cool. Yeah, and, and I think you- we, we might, if we have time, cover some of the draw process too. So while I guess we'll focus initially on the the loan process like or, or the, the intake process um, like before you actually close on the loan, but but I, I want to definitely touch on some things on the, the draw uh, request sheet because that's one of the difficult pieces to, to put together. Yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, so that's just sort of our, our, our loan and what its purpose is. Um, we've done more than 200 loans to date, uh, over 25 million in loans. We have seen many, many, many applications come through. Um, and we do all the loan servicing in-house. So we are evaluating it. Uh, the people you see here are looking at every application that comes through we're looking at the numbers we're doing the comp research um, determining if it's going to be a good project for you because we really want it to to be successful for you and then beyond that we keep you know after closing we're the ones who are going to be looking at your draw requests and scheduling them with the inspectors Um, we have some great inspectors who do the draws and then um, and then we also do the the any extensions that might be needed, and then the the payoff at the end. So we do um, all the servicing in-house. Um, so so a lot of the tips tonight are going to focus on the loan application, but also uh, the, the whole process until the end as
0: well. Uh, just a quick, while we're covering the loan process as a whole, Jacqueline's wondering, do we provide loans for new construction, um, like on, on empty lots? So I, I guess, and I don't even know the answer for this, I guess, what is the minimum improvement like to a property that that would we would qualify for, you know?
1: Yeah, so we do. We will consider new construction. We have not, to date, done a new construction loan. Um, basically, what you would need, how it's different from our typical renovation loan, is we would need to see full plans on that. Um, that property. So like, what, what does the architecture plans look like? And we would also need to see that the permits are in place before we would move forward. But we will consider new construction. And Derek, to your point, uh, as far as like, is there a minimum amount, um, we don't have a, a a dollar minimum amount, but we do say it needs to be more than just lipstick. So if you're buying a property and like just painting it and then going to resell it, that's really not the intent of our loan. It's more of a, you know, um, looking at blighted properties, properties that need some Some pretty big updates. Um, So it's it doesn't have to be a full gut rehab, though. It can be you know sprucing up updates, but but it's not just like a paint job and then and then selling it again or renting it out.
0: Yeah, And, and we got another question from Lansana, and she was wondering. Um, you know, you said 85% typical LTC, like that's what our standard rate is, but, and she's wondering if there's any cases where that's different. And the answer is yes, um, so that, that is a flexible rate. And, and typically, it goes down, I'd say, in more cases, um, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, like 70, 75%, um, because for, for many reasons, Angie, which you can articulate better than I.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, if all the numbers work as is when you're submitting your pro forma, Uh, we'll look at 85%. So if some of the numbers are borderline, or we're a little concerned, we might suggest um, a a lower loan uh, amount. And that means that we have a little more coverage and a little more comfort on our end. But we wouldn't, you know, we would explain that to you uh, prior to just moving forward with a lower amount. The vast majority of our loans, though, are at that 85%. Um, And on very rare occasions, we've gone above 85 percent when we when when we definitely will is if you already own the property free and clear and you don't have a mortgage, then we can look at construction only financing and can look at 100 percent construction only.
0: And then Nafisa was just asking 85 percent of purchase and construction or just construction. And it's um, of the of the acquisition and construction costs, so it's that combined number, um, but not 85% of like your loan fees and and the other costs that are added on, right?
1: Right, so we look at the, yeah, just the the construction and the purchase, and also closing costs, which right now I think we estimate at 5.14%, if I'm I'm correct, Um, so that's like what your total project cost is, and then our loan is 85% of that, and then we add the fees, and uh, a 2% fee, Onto that, that is a lot of a lot of lenders will uh, make you pay that up front. And rather than than doing that, we wrap it into the loan, so that two percent fee is is added on after that.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So somebody was reading our minds. Sherry said, "What is the usual turnaround time for the loan closing?" Um, so why don't we we talk about our loan or, or the timeline? I guess from as soon as somebody hears the word jump start, <laughs> where, where do they yeah, get? Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, so when we get that eval- or that application we evaluate it as soon as we can. Uh, we do very quick turnaround. So by the next business day, we will get back to you. Um, I will say if we get a loan application after four, um, we typically are already gone. So we won't see it until the next day. So it, if if we've gotten a ton of applications, it might be the following day. But honestly, it's usually that, that day, um, you know, that same day that we're able to get back to folks. So we We get the application, we're back to you in one business day. If everything looks great, then what we do is issue a pre-approval if you don't have the project or the property under agreement. Um, If you do already have the property under agreement and all the numbers look good and the application solid, then our next step is to do an inspection. Um, We don't do appraisals like, like other lenders and banks will do. So we instead have someone that we know knows the this area and, you know, the properties um, go out and meet you at the property to go over your application and specifically the construction budget on site to make sure that it makes sense. And so that would be our next step. That is usually scheduled one to three business days um, after, after the property is under agreement. And then by the next uh, day after the inspection, we issue a letter of commitment. Um, And that we do now by DocuSign electronically, and then we also will accept your uh, loan commitment fee electronically. Uh, We do an ACH withdrawal, so we can do all that very quickly. And then we are able to close basically as as quickly as you can. So um, we need a few things from the borrower. If you are an entity, we would need your LLC or your incorporation documents. Um, We're going to need some insurance information about the property and trying to think of what else we need, a W-9, just a few documents, it's a pretty low doc process. And then from your title company, we're gonna need a few things. Um, We need what's called a lender's title policy that protects us. Um, We will need a HUD-1, which is basically the buyer-seller cost item list for the the closing. And then we also are gonna need their wiring information. And once we have all that from, from you and your title company, Then we can close within a couple days so it's a a very it can be a very quick process i'll Mm -hmm. say what holds it up most is title um so if there's like an issue with the title it can take a week or two or if there's a big issue with the title it can take months um and on occasion never close if there's an issue that title can't resolve so um but i will you know from the beginning to the end of the process if everything if your application comes in and it's just like pristine we don't have to go back and forth on anything. All the numbers are great. You already have it under agreement. We can close. We have closed within as few as uh, seven days. So it's that's the that's definitely not the norm. Uh, I'd say probably like two to three weeks is norm, but um, but we can push things through very quickly as long as there's no issues.
0: And just you, you touched on. Um... Uh, the title process briefly, and I, I want to quickly plug two weeks ago, we had a, a jump in our just like this on uh, title, the title process specifically and kind of demystifying it and, and why it, it can take long and how to make sure it doesn't take long and that sort of thing. So um, I, as Angie pointed out, that's usually where the, the most emails get sent in, uh, back and forth is, is throughout the title process, um, just because there's like more than than two parties involved at that point, I guess. Um, so for clarification on that, definitely check out that, that jump in our two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if there is, maybe I, I can look at these questions, because I can see this is quickly going to turn into a, a lengthy Q&A session if, if I ask all of these, but a few that popped out. Um, people are, are curious about the, the uh, LTC ratio and, and what can cause it to go up and down. So I think you covered it, but um, just like, again, can you give us a couple examples of something that would make the LC, LTC drop below 85%, like Keith suggested, would comps affect that at all?
1: So um, they could. So if we aren't able, if you're going to do a buy and hold, for instance, and your ARV, which is after rehab value, um, is, is, you know, your comps don't quite support the ARV that you need to be able to pay off the jumpstart loan, um, then yeah, that could, that could impact the, the LTC on our end and how much we are, are willing to loan uh, on a buy and sale, sell property. Similarly, if the, the comps don't support the sales price and we think the sales price is a little bit lower than what you say, and then that means that your your net profit and your net margin are lower than, and if it drops below our threshold, um, we typically wanna see at least 20% net margin. So if that's not there, then we could say, well, if we lower our, our loan to cost, then you know that can kind of help even it out and balance it out.
0: So, and then Lisa was also asking about our interest rate, like what is our typical interest rate? And uh, so right now for both, for, it, it changes every month um, based on the rate that our lender gives us. Um, so it starts at, or, or there's two different rates. There's one, if you're a training program graduate um, from any of the, I don't know how many there are now, nine training programs throughout Philadelphia. Um, and if you're, uh, is it nine, I think, right?
1: Uh, I think there's seven in Philly and then Jumpstart in Norristown. So I think it's eight.
0: eight. Yeah. Yep. Right, eight um, eight programs. And if you're a graduate of one of those programs and, and you're on our list of graduates that we have um, from, from those people, you'll be eligible for the lower interest rate, which is right now 6.85. And if you're not a training program, uh, you're at the, the non-discounted rate of 7.35, um, which is a half percentage point uh, higher, um, which is still very low <laughs> for, for by, all, by all accounts. Um, but yeah, so that's our interest rate and changes every month. But it, it, as, of late, as of late, it's changed by like point zero one percent. So it's it's uh it's pretty pretty consistent around that like six point eight five to six point three five range or, or seven point three five at the time. Yeah.
1: And it while it changes each month, it does lock in at your closing. So uh, once you close, it's a fixed rate. But say you put in your application, you know, at the end of of July, and we're at six point eight five, but you don't close until August the rate may change by the time you've closed but once you close it's it is fixed.
0: So. so before I move on with any questions were there any other timeline things that we needed to cover? I think we got to loan closing and that's after loan closing there's a, a, a more processes but we'll you'll, we'll cover that over email once you get the loan, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once you close um, really the next step is you start your your construction and when you're ready to make a draw you'll submit a draw request um, E- you know form it's really simple just a spreadsheet with your budget essentially and what work you've already done to date so you'll submit that and then we will um, let our inspector know and and have them come out and, and meet you at the property um, but yeah we it's it's the the, the bulk of the uh, con- like the kind of the back and forth is up until closing so
0: cool. um, just maybe one more question before we move into the, the checklist we have here um somebody was just curious about where we source our money from and uh well we already covered what our rate was but yeah you want to tell us a little bit about the, our lenders
1: yeah so for we have two separate programs jumpstart germantown and jumpstart philly um and it's basically geographically different so jumpstart germantown handles the germantown and vicinity and our funding is a uh, line of credit that our president ken weinstein um which is a personal line of credit and it's revolving. So Uh, We started out with two and a half million and we've been able to revolve that uh, and have made more than two. I think we're almost at 200 loans with the Jumpstart Germantown loan program. Jumpstart Philly, it's a little bit newer. Uh, We're almost at two years and it is a three million dollar loan that we received from the reinvestment fund, which is a CDFI, a community development finance institution uh, here locally. So they they lend us money to then lend out um, to you guys. And we are um, also about to get some, some additional funds to make sure that we uh, don't have to slow anything down in that pipeline.
0: Yeah, and uh, so and then the second part to his question, which I didn't understand, but he just clarified is the default rate. So do you know our default rate, um, which is how many loans default on their payments?
1: Yeah, um, so right now we have one out of, I think we're at, what are we at? Like 240 loans and we have one that's in default. So very, very low. Um, We we are very different from traditional lenders in that we do um, a lot of, you know, back and forth and and a lot of teaching moments. And we, um, not that traditional lenders don't want to see you succeed, everyone does. But we're, you know, we're very invested in that and and in some ways kind of see this as like our caseload. Like we, you know, we're really um, talking to the borrowers uh, as much as is needed. To, yeah. to make sure that things move forward. And we also do offer extensions which um, I don't know that a lot of other lenders might do, so that is helpful if needed. It, there is a cost to it. Um, it. It's not something we encourage folks to, to plan on doing because it can get costly and eat into mm-hmm. your uh, profit. but yes, we also can you know offer some extensions if if a contractor you know walks off the job, you're not able to refi as quickly as you think, things like that.
0: I think that the one term that always ties that together for me is like, you've said it before, Angie is like their goals are our goals. So if your goal is to succeed on this project, we're not going to approve you for it unless we want it to happen too. Um, Like I, I, like I think about that a lot when I'm reviewing applications and looking at properties and stuff, I'm like, yeah, like obviously they're applying for a loan for this because it's going to be a great success. <laughs> like, like we we should be able to support them on that. It's not like we're just looking at the numbers and and thinking about it in like an echo chamber. There, we're we're we love the the neighborhood too, and we love the properties as well. So it's not like that we're disconnected from that, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. We we definitely are looking, um, you know, very closely at at at, at the whole application. Uh, the numbers have to work, but we also want it to yeah to be a good project for you and for the community yeah.
0: if you get approved for a loan we believe you can do it so that's, yeah. that's how that works. <laughs> um okay cool so maybe we can get st- there's still plenty more questions which we're, we're probably gonna have to take some time at the end to, to go back through them Absolutely. but why don't we get started with the, the checklist we worked up tonight
1: awesome so yeah so we um some of this is going to sound like common sense actually a lot of it is very common sense but we came up with these from like, like I said earlier, all the hundreds of applications that we've reviewed and just seeing some common mistakes uh, over and over again. And so we, we thought it would be a good idea to let folks know what those mistakes are and how you might be able to avoid them, um, mainly because it will save you time. And that is so important in today's market because things are you know flying off the shelves, so to speak, um, and you need to be able to get your offer in and get it accepted as soon as possible and we want to be able to help make that happen. Um, and, and the best way is that your load application is, you know, in, in pristine condition and there's no questions that we need to ask. Um, and not, you know, there's not the, those common mistakes that can, can kind of cost you hours or days um, to, to make up. So that's where this is coming from. So I don't want it to sound, you might be like, uh, duh, when we come over some of these things, but it really is just a checklist to, to help you have your, you know, pro- how the process go smoother and quicker is really where this is coming from. Um, and and we think it will, you know, really help help you guys out um, and also help us out because when we can go faster, we can we can review more loan applications. <laughs> so, yeah. so,
0: and I think um, it's so- is, is like the organization is, is a huge thing about all this and like Sometimes people in any situation get frustrated when someone's not replying to them as soon as they are getting their message to them, um, and usually it's because they're, they're like there's been stuff all over the place in that communication where like they can't figure out where to find the information that you need, like because you didn't set it up in the right way. So I think it's like it's like you're you're taking extra time at the at the beginning of the process so that you know when it's happening we're, we're on top of it and we're able like we're willing and able to to like do things quickly for you um sort of like due diligence in, in any project like the, the more it, i mean we can tie this all to like a rehab <laughs> sort of thing but it, it's important to to spend more time up front so that throughout the process when you need that that quick response and that that like you know immediate uh, organization of stuff it can happen because you set it up
1: yeah. definitely so yeah so i'm just going to go through um some of the things that derek and i over the past week or so have kind of put together as uh we were preparing for this that we want to make sure everyone knows uh the first one is read our website so even if you've made a loan application before we update it um regularly so you know take a look at it jumpstartphilly.com loans that is where you can find all the information about our loan program Um, and, and a lot of calls I get usually from first time borrowers, um, you know, the answer to their question is on the website. So I would say definitely take a look there. If you have any question, um, don't hesitate to ask us, but your answer might just be right there on the website. So take a look there first. Um,
0: one thing I'd, I'd recommend about the website is we, so we don't have a search function on our website. You can't like search a term and it'll bring it right to it. Um, And and some of the the sections are lengthy text blocks, um, just because we're a loan service, we're we're a loan program. That's how it works. Um, So if you just do control F and type in like rate or control F and AMI or or whatever you're looking for, usually it'll snap right to it. Like that's, that's kind of how I use it. If I I need something off the top of my head really quick, I just control F and and search the term and usually it comes up right away. So that can save you time than, than just reading straight through it.
1: Yes, definitely. That's a that's a great tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, once you are submitting your loan application, you've read the website, you've talked to us. If you have other questions, um, definitely double check your loan application before you hit submit. So, you would be surprised uh, how many times we get a loan application with the wrong property address. So, Derek or I are you know researching this one address. We're looking at the comps. We're doing all you know all the 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 evaluation we email back and they're like, oh, oh, sorry, that was not uh, like, they either maybe um, transposed two of the numbers or it was a property they were looking at previously and they forgot to change it. Um, So just, I know like that sounds really simple, but just do a double check to make sure that your pro forma and your property and and the um, loan application have the same property and that it's the property that you you want us to look at, Um, that can definitely take a lot of time out of it if we're if we're looking at one property and, and you're thinking it's a different one. So double check the address, um, double check your email, triple check your email. That's the way that we interact with you. And, um, and sometimes folks put in the wrong email address, but it's a real email. So we're sending an email. It doesn't get bounced back. We think we've, you know, communicated with you. We don't hear anything. Um, so, but then it turns out you, you know, maybe misspelled it or put at AOL when it was at Gmail or whatever it is. Um, so make sure you make that it's the correct email where, where you can receive uh, information and receive emails back from us.
0: And in addition to that, like if you have a partner that you're working with or somebody that you want to be copied on all communication, um, I've had people you know in the application in one of the notes sections just say, please copy this email on emails. And then once I do it once, it, it stays in my feed. So it's really easy to continue doing it. Um, so that kind of foresight, like at the beginning, if you know there's someone that you're going to be like forwarding a bunch of emails to or replying and copying them on, um, just put it on the application. We're more than happy to, to send communication to multiple people. Um, there will probably be like one primary one for, for certain stuff, but um, any, any place we can, I'll, I'll copy on you on it.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, similarly, your phone number and other, other information, just making sure that's correct. Um, and this one is, is more just, e- it makes it easy, our lives easier is if you capitalize everything that needs to be capitalized. So we use the loan application and we cut and paste into our system um, that then is creating the loan package, the mortgage and the deed, or not the deed, the, the mortgage and the assignment of rents and leases and all of our loans. Um, and it just makes it easier if we don't have to backspace and capitalize, you know, your name and the street names and all of those. Um, and it's also just, you know, more professional, and one of our goals is to prepare you to be ready for traditional lenders, and so you know, just making sure that everything um, looks good and and is you know correctly capitalized and um, and and the the correct information on there. So so those are sort of the the loan application on that woofoo app. Um, those are some some good tips. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the pro forma, so one thing is that we get a lot of numbers files and PDFs and we can't open numbers files. Um, so our office is PC, we don't have Macs. And so we need to have the proforma attached as either an Excel or Google sheet. So mm-hmm. it's, it's on our, um, it's on the website. And it's also in the WooFo app, it says like, make sure it's small, we totally understand that, you know, people miss that. If you have a Mac, you're just used to, to doing that, but um, but that'll take time because, you know, once, once we open it and we see it's the, the wrong file, we have to email and then you might already be at work for the day and not see it until lunch. And so, you know, hours can can be wasted that way. So making sure that the pro forma is either an Excel file or a Google sheet and if it's a Google sheet make sure you grant us access so that we can open it. So that again, we're not wasting time. Um, that we can't you know, see the, the pro forma and take a look at the numbers.
0: Yeah, and when that happens, when it is a Google file, we're not gonna be using the shared Google file. Like we're not gonna be using the shared Google sheet with you so you won't see us editing and working on it. We'll save that as a separate document and then have that for our access. And then when we send anything back to you, we'll be sending it as an Excel file. Um, so it's like, there, there should be no any confusion where you should just be like, oh, I updated it on the spreadsheet. We're not gonna automatically have that unless you send us the downloaded Excel file, Excel file of, of any sheet you use. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and then let's see, another one on the the file itself is um, naming your file. So you probably have noticed if you've completed an application, our, our file name is like merged application with a date or something. And it's just helpful if you put in the, the property address as that and um, so it, so when we have several applications that we're looking at, they aren't all the same name at the bottom um, on our on our tabs so that's that's a helpful tip just to name your uh, proforma
0: file yeah i okay. i don't, I don't- that or not. But the um, the other thing is don't use the pro forma file. Like, make sure anytime you're submitting a new application, you're downloading it from our website. I don't know if you said that already, Andy. Um, but but you download the most recent version because, you know, sometimes we catch that there's a formula that, that was incorrect or, or we make updates to anything. Um, like recently, we, we merged the tr- two loan programs applications. So we had like one for Jumpstart Germantown and one for Jumpstart Philly. And then we realized we could just combine them. Um, so sometimes we'll get applications that are just for one of the programs and, and doesn't you know encompass all the information that it needs to. So make sure you're always getting the one from the website. Um, and, and like Angie said, rename it. So we, we can we can keep it organized.
1: Yeah. And and um, sometimes people will save the, the the website file to their computer and three months later use that. But we highly recommend going to the website and downloading it each time you're submitting a new loan application because it can change. um, You know, it doesn't change all the time, but, um, but we want to make sure that you're using the most up-to-date pro forma. And that one is going to be the one from the website, not, you know, one that you might've saved to your computer. So that's a, a great, great tip.
0: If you're just tuning in, Jumpstart Program Director Andy Williamson and I are discussing best practices for the Jumpstart loan application, and giving a behind-the-scenes look at our loan application and review process. Thanks for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio WRGU ninety-two point nine FM. I hope you're enjoying the discussion. All
1: right, let's see.
0: Going down my list. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say all we've covered so far is is literally just like naming of files and and all that so you you can tell where the importance is it's a, it's on the, the 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 simple things that you don't think about like we haven't even talked about the numbers or anything like the actual information that you're inputting it's just organizing is is almost more important than than any discretionary thing that you you can do um so, so I think now we're going to move into some of the numbers and talk about right, that.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the nitty gritty of it. Um, but I think in one of our previous jumpinars, maybe it was about contracting. Um, mm-hmm. It might have been Jordan who was like, "The, the pre planning is where it's at," and that's sort of what you were alluding to earlier. Derek is like, spending that time up front is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so now to the numbers itself, and in that pro forma where you're putting in your budget and you're putting in what you think it's going to sell for, what you think you might rent it for. Um, a couple of things to double check on your checklist before submitting. Does it make sense? And I know this sounds very, you're like, of course it makes sense. But just looking at it again, for instance, on your construction budget, it might be from a contractor, they can make mistakes too. So if you know you have 15 windows, and the budget for windows only says $900, it's like, you know, just making that sort of like reality check, like, okay, do these numbers make sense? Um, Don't just plug in everything from your contractor, really kind of think about whether or not that's a, a realistic number for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as your, you know, your comps, do those make sense? Um, are the comps that you are using good comps? And I think we've had other jumpinars where we go into more detail about that, but just like similar property, um, similar block, similar feel, it's, it's- not just. Oh, these are both three bedroom one bath and around 1200 square feet. It's much more than just that it's really looking at the full picture of the the property, the block, um, what the end product of your your project is going to be and the end product of the comps, if it's high end luxury comps, and you're doing a basic renovation, those are not going to be comparable. So making sure it's a good comp and that you're um, okay.
0: Yeah. One thing I I would add about the comps is don't feel bad if we reply back and we say, oh, we need three new comps or we need two more comps. Like, um, it, it's, it's a really hard, and I can attest because I, I only started doing it like oh, just over a year ago. Um, it's really hard to like understand what makes for a good comp. So if we say that it's not a good comp, that doesn't mean we're trying to, to deflate your sales price or we don't believe you or anything. Um, we understand that it's like a really complex and, and like, um, not, not straightforward decision to make which, which comps to input. So. Um, try your best and and like a lot of the the back and forth is is about that, is going back and forth about comps and and the styles of the curb appeal and all that. Um, So, so don't feel bad if we, if we immediately shoot back, like, like that's, that's one thing that can take time is to, to find real good comps. So usually that's like one of the first things I look at is I say, okay, did he put, or, or did this person put in, you know like commercial comps for a property that's not going to have a commercial unit on it um, like I'm gonna let you know right away get new comps in there because that that might take a little time and then while you're doing that you know we'll continue with the review and that sort of thing
1: yeah yeah and and like Derek said that is definitely an area where we're going back and forth with applicants a lot um, so I think on the comps tab it has in up at the top sort of a note about like what, what constitutes a good comp? Um, but again, it's not a science. Like Derek said, it, it can be a little murky. Uh, a lot of times, if you're doing a duplex and triplex, it can be near impossible to find a comp that's a duplex or a triplex near your property. Um, and make note—you know—you can make note of that in, in the application that this is all you found. Um, this is you know what you what you can what you can find, and, and then we'll go from there. But we we will go back and forth because uh, we do need to make sure that the property can either sell or be rented out for the 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 price that um that is in in that application so, and, so yeah, and comp is very important
0: from my experience the bare minimum that you need to do to like get a picture of a comp is at least go on the street view and do like a 360 turn <laughs> um yeah. like just the the picture from that's one thing I've noticed on Redfin. sometimes the picture will, will conveniently cut out what's surrounding the property. So you want to at least like look at a few different sources and make sure you get the three sixty view so you're seeing the entire block and not just that little um, you know slice that they they are advertising on Redfin. Um, and then before we move on from the the construction budget numbers, um, the one thing that we run into sometimes is people will put in material only or labor only costs just because you know that's how they were given the, the cost from the, or the estimate from the contractor or they're not paying for a portion of that or, or for some reason or, or they already have materials. But um, it's important to put like each line item should be the, the total amount that it costs material and labor to complete that item of work. Um, I mean, I, Angie, you, you can probably go into a little bit more detail, but sometimes there will be line items that, that spread throughout a couple others, like obviously your kitchen and your bath need electric, so you're not going to like take out all the electric costs and, and assign it to each um, item, but definitely not like materials only or labor only or like anything like that. Um, it should make sense, common sense.
1: <laughs> right. And if you are going to be doing some of the work yourself or providing materials yourself, we need that as a note, Um, and then also the amount that that's going to be. So say you're like, I don't want to loan for the, the, the total construction cost of the renovation. I only, you know, I only need it for the labor and I'm going to be providing the materials, but we need to see the full picture of the budget so we can see what your actual margin is going to be in your profit. So we can tell you like, okay, you're, you're going to be doing the materials yourself, um, if you do that your profit is only x amount and your you know your net margin is only 10 percent um that doesn't necessarily mean we won't do the loan uh but we just want you to be aware of what what the project numbers actually are and and so yeah making making notes in there is definitely encouraged um so that we get a full picture but yeah that really that's what we need we just need that full picture of what is involved so sometimes if folks Are intending on like doing painting themselves or doing um, demo themselves and they have zero in those two budgets, but they didn't let us know, then we're like, hey, this project is going to need demo and painting because we don't know that you intend to do those on your own. So just letting us know um, it's, it's super helpful and we'll avoid that extra time going back and forth.
0: And then also, if it's not obvious, you can add and and subtract items from your your budget. Um, the the performers not or, or those items that we give on there are just our like standard for for what we think a rehab needs. But some other things that, or I think we might have added basement on there. Angie, did we? Mm-hmm. But like, we but basement and and some other things. There's there's weird things that pop up. Um, that that you can just add yourself. Just you know, there's a, a couple extra lines at the bottom. Yeah.
1: Definitely, and they can be. Um, Changed. So if you're, you know, if, if the line item categories that we have listed are different, you can also, th- that's part of the pro forma that you can manipulate. So you can go in there and change them. Um, but like Derek said, those are kind of the basic ones. It's uh,
0: it, right, it already 745. I just want to let you know. Okay. <laughs> so have to rush. I mean, I'm, I'm good and, and I don't know if you're good, but I'm good to go a little beyond eight. Um, but, but let's move through so we can at least get to some yep. questions.
1: Definitely. All right. Um, So some other just common sense checks on your pro forma. Um, If you are doing a buy and hold, does the refinance or the permanent loan pay off the jumpstart loan? So that's a big one. If your permanent loan number in there is smaller than the jumpstart loan plus our interest, then the deal doesn't work. So looking at that, um, looking at the scope of work, so this is an area where we need to make sure your budget and the scope of work mesh. So if you say you're doing you know, all new roof, new HVAC, new air conditioning, and yet in your budget, those have very little you know, dollar amounts attached to them, that's a big red flag and we're going to have to go back and forth. So making sure your scope of work is clear and it matches with your budget. I will say scope of work is more than just full gut rehab. So if you just say full gut rehab... It makes it kind of hard for us to to look at your budget and know is this going to fit because are you doing all electric heat are you doing you know just doesn't have to go into great detail but mm-hmm. some detail about your scope of work is super helpful so we know if the budget numbers make sense which is our you know one of our main jobs is like okay does this realistic yeah. so a little more info on the scope of work um, goes a long way
0: and like. It- um, you would think that, like, a, we're not asking you to write a paragraph or anything because that's really hard to read and, and not organized. So, like, bullet points are great if you just write, like, for bathroom, this is the expenses in the bathroom, this is for kitchen, this is the k- expenses for the kitchen. Um, like, bullet points just, you know, a, as if you were taking notes or something um, to, to give people um, just more information about that, that that totally works. And I'll also say, like, one of the most common responses to the thing is, like, when people, Angie put in just... Full gut rehab, or 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 you know like like adding a bathroom, and that's all they give about the property. Usually, I'll just ask back, say, "Hey, give us any and all construction information you have. It it doesn't matter how insignificant you think it is. Just like part of it is just like proving to us that you have done your due diligence and have all that information. It might not even be like worried about what the specifics are. It's just if you if you show us that you've thought about the, the you know you've thought about it and you're able to to provide it, um, you know that goes a long way. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. At this point, like we need to know that you have a scope of work um, and then the secondary that the budget works, but yeah, that you have a plan for what that renovation is. It's definitely key. Um, And then, all right, let's see. This is back to a nitty gritty one. Our list was just kind of haphazard, but (laughs) is um, in the pro forma, making sure you put the address. So there's like on the very first tab, there's a, a red red letters I think there may be they might be in all caps that says address so you'll click there and type in your address um, it's you know it just makes it a lot easier when we're looking at multiples of these to, to be able to see what address we're looking looking at
0: um, before we move right. on, before we move on from like line items. Somebody asked, or Nafisa asked, if we hire a consultant, architect or designer, et cetera, for the project, can their fee be included? Um, so that's one thing that I've asked you about a couple times is like what personnel fees, you know, some people have asked if they can put, uh, I forget what it was a borrower or, or, or compensation for an individual that's not related to the construction. Like that's a total no go. no Right. Right. But yeah.
1: So, um, so yeah, your architect and designer, their fee can be in there. I think it's actually we now have like architect design as a sort of a basic line item. So that can be in there. Um, developers fee would not be in there. That's basically your profit. So you're, you wouldn't budget for your profit. Um, if your contractor has like uh, some of the, the more high end contractors might have a, a fee that they charge on top of everything. And that can be in your budget. So, um, but yeah, any questions on specifics on that, you can you can ask us, but architects and design, definitely, definitely should be in there.
0: Cool. All right, moving on, what do we got next? <laughs> uh- All
1: right, um, so uh, this is for folks who are gonna do a buy and hold. And in those operating expenses, another place that we see a lot of mistakes. So look at your taxes. That's something you can actually go and find out. Um, I forget exactly what the tax rate is right now. I wanna say it's 1.38 something, but uh, of the assessed city value. So you can look up the tax rate for Philly, you can look up the assessed value and you can know what those taxes are gonna be. Um, A lot of people will just put in a random number, just be, you know, having it more accurate helps. Uh, Insurance, a lot of people will just put in like 500 bucks for insurance. We I don't I have never seen insurance that low um, typically around a thousand but you're also going to be getting insurance so you could go ahead and get a quote or you know a quick online estimate even to, to have a more accurate number. Um, also in that operating expense you if you are renting out there's going to be rental license fee currently that's 56 dollars per unit so you can if it's a you know a single family 56 dollars it's duplex 56 times two. So you know, you're going to know that number. Um, and if it is single family, and you are going to be passing on a lot of the utility costs to the tenant, then that water sewer, that electric gas are going to be zero. If you as the the landlord are going to be paying those costs yourself, and maybe having a higher rent because of that, then you would enter in those. But a lot of times the single family, um, you know, folks, that the the landlords are not paying for those utilities. If you're duplex or triplex, there's gonna be some common area utilities that are probably gonna be needed. Um, So make sure you are accounting for that. Also trash, anything in the city that is more than one unit, there is a city trash fee that currently, I believe is $500 annually. So if you're doing a duplex, we wanna see that $500 in there for that trash fee. So those are some operating expense mistakes say, that we
0: see. Just to add. Operating expenses, like that's another, or, or that's a good example of an opportunity where, like, putting that information in the notes or something can save you, you know, a few hours of communication. Um, you know, if, if you don't put, if you put zero in there, but while you're filling it out, you thought about it, you think, oh, like I, the tenant will be paying them, I don't need to put this in there, and you put in zero. We're still going to ask you <laughs> why there was zero in that, uh, and that could, you know, take a couple emails back and forth. So rather than than having that happen, just put it in the notes up top. Just say. You know, ten, to ten or the expenses are zero because tenant will be paying for the utility. Same thing with um, any of those other like you know case by case things that, that you could just let us know up front and, and save some time.
1: Definitely. Um. All right, and then the last, as far as like pro forma file, um, so we have locked our our spreadsheet. However, it doesn't always stick. So sometimes if you are opening it in a different format than, than um, you know, Excel, uh, all the cells are open again, but please only only put in information in the green shaded cells. Um, it's, it's on the top I think of each tab to only fill in the green cells. Um, all the other ones are formulas that we have created and we don't want changed. And it really takes up a ton of time if they are changed because then we need to like go through and see all the other numbers that have changed because of that. So um, only the green shaded cells is where an applicant will put any, any numbers. Um, And if you know, if you have access to those other numbers, or other cells, uh, please keep those as they are. So that'll definitely help us a lot. Um, And then as far as the back and forth, as we've talked about, uh, one thing that is really helpful is to kind of keep all the conversation in a single email thread that way we aren't searching for uh, an answer that you know is in a different email and we can just go and see everything for this one property and one loan application is in in a single email thread Um, that's really helpful and saves time and we can see all all the communication at once so, um, and also CCing Derek and I, we always, um, you know, we try to always CC each other. We also make mistakes too. Um, so, you know, making sure that when we, one of us has emailed you, that you reply all so that we're, we're both in, in, um, in, in that line of communication and can respond because we we're both looking at them and, you know, depending on our schedules, will one or the other of us might get back to you. Um, so it's it's you're gonna have a faster response rate if you're able to to CC both of us.
0: Even if it, even if you've been having a conversation with with one of them or one of us and and you're like that person doesn't need need to know this. Well even if we you, you, you don't need to know it and we're CC'd on it, that'll help us down the line when, when you know, one of us asks each other a question about something and we're like, Oh yeah, I saw that I was CC'd on it. Um, that is one of, that was like one of the tiny little frustrating things is just always having to, to reply all and, and add your email and then it gets all disjointed and, and hard to read sometimes. Um, so, so definitely no matter what, like there's very few cases where there would ever be an email about a loan that wouldn't need both of us. I would say like, any and all thing about your loan should, should copy both of us.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that kind of is going to go take us into sort of some general tips that are helpful both in the uh, loan application process, but also throughout your loan servicing. And if we have time, we'll, we'll go back to uh, some draw requests. Right. We just talked about reply all, um, you know, communicating in a single email thread. Those are great tips in general. Even outside of the loan application, so once you're asking about draw requests, you know everything for draw one is in one email thread, um, and you're replying to to to, to all of us. Um, but also the reply all is helpful when you know your title company is involved or your realtor if you have one. Um, so you know when we're going through that process of closing, there can be a lot of people that need to know information. Um, so that's important. Another thing when you have a lot of people on the, on the email is addressing who it's to. Um, and this goes, honestly, I feel like title companies make this mistake more than our applicants do. But, but so if you you know, are sending a, an email to us, but also the title company, your realtor, um, you know maybe the seller, wh- whoever else is involved, and it just is asking a question, um, we might not know if that question is meant for us or if it's meant for the title company. So just saying like, Derek, and then the question is super helpful so that we know. Oh, this is for us to respond. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, as far as emails that we send, um, and this is something that I am guilty of, is reading the first question and shooting back a response to that question only. Um, So, you know, I know a lot of our emails can be lengthy, and we apologize. We just have we we want to try to ask as many questions as at once um, to you know speed up the process. So just making sure that you're reading the email and, and answering all those questions so that we don't have to, you know, take longer going back and forth. Like I said, I this is definitely a mistake everyone makes because um, you you get excited and you're in a hurry and you you shoot that email off with the first first question answered and and skip the rest, but try to make sure that you've answered all those questions that we ask
0: here um with like whatever communicates the information in efficient way works so you don't have to be formal and say like hey derek write three paragraphs about the answers to my questions like you can put bullet points and and you could skip the pleasantries (laughs) it's all right um like like uh like five bullet points answering all the questions I asked is way better than two sentences answering one of them. Um, it just helps us. And, and like, we understand that sometimes you're, you're in a rush and, and like, rather than, than why, rather than wait and, and send a thoughtful reply, it'll help us if you just like shoot back the information we need really quick, no matter how like short and, and concise it is.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and so my last two for just communication, are more in the loan servicing side of things than the loan application. So a lot of times I'll get an email from a borrower um, and it'll have a question, but it won't tell me the property address. And we have so many loans, and even some of our borrowers have more than one property. And um, we we love you all, but I don't always remember whose property is which. So it just takes me, you know, it just takes time to say, oh okay, who who is connected. Or what property is connected to this person? So I would just suggest that in any email you send us, um, you know, putting your property address in the subject line, or at least in the body of the email, so we don't have to then and go go and and figure out what property we're trying to answer a question about. Um, so that can save save time, um, and it's just really helpful for us. So that's that's more of a favor, I would guess. As is the next one, if um, I get a ton of emails that just say call me. But then I have to go and look up the, uh, the phone number for the person. So if, if you, I'm more than happy to call you, um, but it's super helpful to just like type in your, your, uh, your phone number if it's not in your signature line. And then that you know, just saves a few minutes but when they, they can add up. So those are two, um, two favors that I, I would put in there that are very simple um, but can save some time on, on our end.
0: And that concludes Angie and I's discussion about best practices for the Jumpstart Loan application. And next week, I'll be speaking with Julia Choseed, who is a local contractor and developer, and she'll be sharing her tips for construction management. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series, which takes place via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com slash events and register for next week's Jumpinar. And if you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, you can visit gojumpstart.org and see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thank you so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio WRGU 92.9 FM, and be sure to tune in next week.